Hello and welcome to Movement, the weekly podcast for South Aussie Baptists to listen and imagine together. Each fortnight, we interview a leader from within our movement and then ask them to share one of their recent sermons with us the following week. Welcome back to Movement. We're really excited today to have our guest Mary Ackers with us. And Mary is uh, leads the youth ministry at Salisbury Baptist Church. She's also the pastoral care worker at Evanston Gardens Primary School. She's also studying at Tabor, pretty busy. And she's recently started on our team at Baptist Churches as our youth ministry facilitator. And I've just learned, Mary used to play lacrosse for South Australia. So look, very many and varied story, Mary. So great to have you with us. Yeah, it's good to be here. So maybe you could start with the question we ask everyone, which is, can you tell us a bit about you in terms of the passions that you have and the experience you have that have shaped you to bring you to where you are today? Yep, I can. Um, <laughs> it's interesting when you look back at your life and think, what has shaped me to be here? Probably a couple of things that I'm passionate about. The big one is like, I'm really passionate about justice and oh. what's right. Yeah. And um, everyone who knows me will be like, yep, that's definitely <laughs> true. I definitely care a lot about doing the right thing. But I found in my faith life that that's played out, you know, really in terms of like seeking God's justice and seeking to do what God like wants for us in the world and the things that he wants for us to be doing, mm-hmm. in, you know, alongside other humans and how, how we treat them. And that's something that drives a lot of my faith and also I hope drives my ministry life as well yeah Yeah. oh fantastic yeah I'm sure there'll be many people listening who kind of resonate with that yeah yeah what else I'm also really passionate about the role of the church Mm -hmm. I know like for my generation and for the kids like coming up sometimes that can be something that doesn't seem to be a priority or Mm -hmm. I know lots of my peers who grew up in the church and have landed elsewhere and aren't going to church regularly and um, I've been through certainly a few things that might like have landed me in those places too with just, you know, the difficulties that we sometimes have in churches. But I've just seen how much of a, an important role it's played in my own life mm-hmm. and in the life of others. For a long time when I was young, my family, it was just sort of four of us, my mm-hmm. parents and my brother and I, and we didn't have lots of contact with that extended family and we were very involved in the church and those people um, at Salisbury Baptist that's where I grew up as well yeah they were like our family and I think that that's helped to kind of create a good foundation for me and and I love the church I still believe that God (laughs) is using it and that it has a role to play in the world so definitely passionate about the church as well yeah oh that's really great do you think what is it that's kept you connected to the church when like you said you know plenty of people kind of drift away yeah I think even when we disagree I, I look around and I see people who deeply love God and they love other people mm-hmm. and even when there's disagreements around theology or just the way even just the way that we're doing a ministry or something that might cause tension I just love to see the people's heart for each other and they really care mm-hmm. um, and that's true for Salisbury but it's also true for the wider networks and my work with youth pastors and things like Easter camp I just mm-hmm. see people's genuine love and care for others and they're really longing to share the word of God with others so that's probably one of the things that has kept me um, connected it's the core thing is still there mm-hmm. and what are there other experiences that have kind of shaped you and you know, oh, so many <laughs> so many, <laughs> so many. Oh, look I think that one of the big things for me as I look back and then also look forward to how I'm filling this role is the number of opportunities that I've been given by people um, particularly like through Baptist churches and just 
when people saw me and noticed that I might be interested in doing something yeah. or that I had a skill that I hadn't noticed that, um, yeah, just inviting me into spaces that I hadn't considered, uh, opening the door for me and really making me feel welcome and like that I belonged somewhere. Mm-hmm. And ministry wasn't necessarily something that I aimed for in my yeah. life. You know, I said before um, we started that I could have ended up playing lacrosse <laughs> Maybe overseas or something. Different life, yeah. Yeah, taking another life, another path. But the things that people said to me as I was starting out, just leading in the youth group and trying to just do that in a small way. Mm -hmm. But then people, you know, saw something in me and invited me to the table and I was able to participate in deeper ways and the path just opened up before me. Yeah. And I think and I hope that that in my role, that's something that I can keep doing for other people noticing what they have and their passions and skills and opening the door for them as well. Yeah, that's so good. And it seems like such a common theme talking to people for, yeah. for this podcast, you know, people who just someone has noticed, someone has given an opportunity, given an invitation. Yeah. And then now those of us who have experienced that, we get to be the ones who do that for yeah. others. Yeah. yeah. So. I hope I don't forget that either. <laughs> feels like something that's easy to forget, but I um, yeah, hope it's something that stays with me. Mm-hmm. And obviously working as a pastoral care worker in a school yeah. and then now taking on this role particularly around youth. So youth, kids, next gen, what is there things about you that particularly draw you to that area of ministry? Yeah, that's interesting. I remember, so I had a chaplain in high school who actually when I started my role at Evanston Gardens was my regional manager. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I remember like that was such a great connection. But I remember when I finished high school, because we'd had a lot of contact at at high school with the chaplain they said oh what would you ever think about doing that and I was like nah I don't want to work with young people at all <laughs> which is terrible I know but this isn't you know one of those stories where I say that if you say no to God he'll make you do that thing because I don't think that's true but yeah I I think I didn't want to think about doing that and I probably didn't have any interest but just through different circumstances of you know going about my life trying to find out what God's plan was for me what I might want to do. When we started a youth group at Salisbury, I was just helping out and not really taking it seriously. And I remember having a conversation with my pastor at the time um, and he said, oh, you, I think you need to choose or have a think about choosing one thing or the other. Like at the right. moment, I was sort of splitting myself between mm-hmm. a couple of things and I didn't really want to deal with that at all. <laughs> but I ended up investing a bit more time into the ministry side of things. And part of that was when I, I was struggling with my job at the time and I looked into doing a certificate for foreign youth work right. so that I could become a pastoral care worker. Mm-hmm. And just through that process, God opened my eyes to, I think, and this is where I really started to realise also my passion for justice and mm-hmm. for people, you know, being lifted up to their, like, their true value yeah. as, as God's creation. Just realising like that I'd had so many wonderful opportunities in my life just because I had a family that mm. loved and cared about me. Other people didn't. Mm. <laughs> Even people in my course. Yeah. And really having my eyes open to that. And so I think the natural next step was young people because mm. you've got a unique opportunity and a season of life where you can really speak into their lives. And it's not about manipulating, but they're you know, exploring the world and looking and developing their own ideas about things. And I just love being part of that journey and having those conversations and, you know, have you thought about this? Or have you looked at things from this perspective? 
and it's just something that I've discovered that I really enjoy mm. and yeah and that openness to new ideas is is so fun some of the funny conversations that you have with young people like, <laughs> is great like I remember having a youth study where we talked about Jesus walking on water mm-hmm. and we spent a good 20 minutes talking about how did that physically happen <laughs> did he freeze the water under his feet or right. like crazy kind of things that young people like to challenge and ask questions about that stuff mm-hmm. Yeah, just developed a real love for them. I know, that's fantastic, and we love that about you. And we love, I mentioned that you have recently started this role of youth ministry facilitator, but you've actually been involved in Easter camps and BYGs and youth ministry across Baptist churches for quite a while now as a volunteer. So we're so glad that you've joined us on the team. So across that time, and I guess even now stepping into this role, what is it that you kind of see and hear and what are you learning and um, experiencing through that? Yeah, I think top of the list, and particularly after this, season of like COVID and everything there's a real persistence and determination from leaders Mm -hmm. I see a lot of like youth pastors and key leaders and and people who are involved in this space who just it doesn't matter what challenges are thrown up in life or in their ministry they just persist with trying to create something that young people can engage with Mm -hmm. and sharing the gospel with them I love that I think that's so necessary it's good because it models that behaviour for young people who may not see it elsewhere, mm-hmm. that there's someone who cares about them enough, but also has a truth that they're holding on to that drives them when things are difficult. Such a good example for young people to see. Mm-hmm. But also, like, as a leader myself, I look around and I'm like, man, these people are just putting in the hard yards and they're dedicated to their role, mm-hmm. and they're dedicated to their life that they have found in their faith. Yeah, that's just so encouraging in so many ways. Like, yeah, that's one of the big things I see. Yeah, fantastic. You said yeah. top of the list, so I'm assuming you've got a few <laughs> others. What else is what else is kind of popping up for you? Yeah, I, going alongside that is just the genuine care mm-hmm. for, for young people. Like, we have conversations around shaping things for the future, like Easter camp mm-hmm. and taking a different direction and working with Beth to do that. Just really, there was a lot of care in those conversations around... How do we involve young people who sit at the fringes of our large events, who are mm-hmm. vulnerable, who might not know how to engage in certain spaces? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we care for people who are being overlooked? And I see that in so many of our leaders as well, that there's a real sensitivity to just the different like, life situations and things that happen with young people. And so um, they really want to meet the needs of the people that they're caring for, mm-hmm. which is also very encouraging. So you mentioned Easter Camp. I think like lots of people listening that would resonate for it because they've been involved in Easter Camp, whether they're young or old, actually, it's been a key part of what we've done for youth ministry across Baptist churches for many years. Um, What are you seeing? That's like a peak event that happened earlier in the year. What are you seeing and picking up from what's kind of happened out of that and how that's like flowed back into what's happening in churches and youth ministries? Yeah, so one of the really cool things was uh, I remember preparing for camp. So I directed the We're Away camp, which was the year 11s and 12s. Right. And I remember preparing with my team and praying and we did a lot of looking at how what we wanted to see coming out of camp. And my specific prayer, and I remember being like, should I really be asking this specifically? I really was like, I believe that we're going to see lots of people taking next steps, Mm -hmm. particularly for our camp. Uh, Older youth, they're maybe not making first-time decisions, but they're taking like deeper steps in their faith. So I was praying about baptism. And it was incredible to see uh, coming out of camp and in the weeks and months following, 
not just for our camp at We're Away with the senior kids, but also mm. with the year 7 to 12s at Mylor. An incredible number of baptisms that happened coming out of uh, those camps. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just campers. I think there were a couple of leaders around who were baptised after that. And, yeah, it was just, I was like, wow, that's so (laughs) incredible. Um, Something that I prayed about and felt quite strongly that that was something that I was hoping to see. and, And it came about. And it's just wonderful to know that we're putting on events that, aren't just about putting on a good time and maybe even getting people, you know, hyped and even emotional <laughs> and then asking them to make a decision. We put on an event and, as I said, like, the leaders have genuine care for the kids. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a real sense of we want to put on something that people can engage with no matter where they're at uh, in an authentic way and then come out of it. And it's not just a snap decision, they get baptised the week after. This mm-hmm. is sometimes like months down the track. Yeah. But leaders and pastors are telling us that they're tracking it back to what happens at Easter camp. Mm. So that's something that has been great to see this year. And even through like ups and downs, being at church, not being at church, being online, yeah. baptisms have been an incredible part of the story this year. And it's just wonderful to see that. Yeah, it's amazing. I know myself as well, yeah, I've seen numbers of baptisms in numbers of different churches, yeah. you know, out over the last few months. And you're right, even kind of having to go online doesn't seem to have, have slowed it down. Yeah. And it's, it's really exciting to see that. Jesus is active in people's lives and they're responding to him. Yeah. So imagine that those people, you know, so they get baptised and they're taking that next step and then possibly like you, then they're looking to like get involved yeah. and be a part of what God's doing maybe in their youth ministry. Yeah. Any thoughts on what that is looking like or could look like? Yeah, I, I know that. So I know you've had Beth on before and she's talked a little bit about her extending the camp ministry and doing some stuff in the young adult leadership space. And I think that that's definitely something that I see coming up in the future, that we have a lot of young people who are looking for ways to jump in and uh, lead, maybe not like leading a large group, but just Mm -hmm. somehow serving and growing their faith through that service and through the leadership uh, within youth group. So I'm looking forward to working with the teams around and just developing some ways to make that process maybe a bit more accessible and have some different like ways that young people... Uh, not just youth, but also young adults can engage in just growing their leadership skill and growing their servant heart and all that sort of stuff that will yeah help them to take on that part of their faith for, their, for themselves. Yeah, but it's a bit of a future direction at the yeah. moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. no, that's yeah. excellent. We want to be looking forwards. Yeah. yeah. So there might be people listening who are not youth and kind of going, okay, like I know, older, yeah. I've been around the church for a long time. Any thoughts on, you know, how... I guess how the rest of the church can be praying or thinking about or connecting with what's happening in our youth ministries. Yeah. I think that young people are desperate for genuine connection. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ways that they can connect, but they're not all genuine or kind of like, they don't all go beyond the surface. Mm -hmm. So if you're a person who's not in youth ministry, my encouragement in terms of connecting with young people is to just, do that just be uh in whatever way possible touching base with them like saying hello to them at church letting them know that they're a valued part of the community they might come across sometimes not being interested but i've seen in my church the young people being embraced by the the older men and women the parents with young families Mm -hmm. because we're a smaller church they're interacting with each other all the time and they just blossom in that environment of being cared for and knowing that there are people who really 
want to take an interest. There's a young woman at my <laughs> church there's a, and there's an older man and he comes and catches up with her quite a lot and they check in with each other about um, just where they're at at life, how uni is going for her and it's just, you know, and his wife also, she sort of takes an interest. So they're there having these conversations where they're checking in on each other, they're hearing about each other's lives and they both know that they're being cared for by someone else and someone wants to know about mm -hmm. them. And I just think that's a good example of how even if you're not, you know, wanting to be involved in youth ministry, you can connect with young people. Um, and in terms of prayer, I guess that's supporting like those things as well. Just be praying for your youth groups, be praying for your, for your young people. If you have a connection with someone or a relationship with a young person, asking them what they if they would like your prayer. Because mm -hmm. I think, and I know for myself, like I'm really hesitant sometimes to ask others for prayer. Right. There's a self-sufficiency mm -hmm. in, in young people, I think, that can be detrimental. And so, if, yeah, if there's a connection there, like, how can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? And can we be praying about that is really powerful as well. Yeah, it's kind of like what you were saying with your own story of the church being family, and yeah. family has to involve different generations. Yeah. And, you know, you connect with different members of your family in different ways. You know, like you might hang out with your siblings and, I don't know, do social things with your cousins because they're the same age, yeah. but your grandparents have this different role in your life. Yeah. But if the church is family, we all have a part to play. That's right. Yeah. I was also thinking when you were talking about... You know, there's lots of statistics on um, the number or the percentage of people who become Christians yeah. in their in their teenage years, yeah. and that sort of in that youth ministry. Yeah. You know, it seems like it's that time in life when people are figuring things out for themselves, yeah. and you know, looking for what's my life about and which direction I want to go. So it's such a kind of incredible opportunity for us to be sharing our lives and our faith with people who are, like you said, maybe they don't look on the outside or <laughs> like they're interested, but actually inside are kind of wrestling with all these big yeah. questions and, yeah, and, and need to make Jesus in, in, like, you know, need Jesus to be part of the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. And I think when we engage in that, in that space with young people, they might be hearing from a couple of people and different answers to their questions, but if, you know, they're all grounded in a, in a faith that's real, mm -hmm. then they're, they're exploring it in probably what we might feel is a bit of a, you know, safer environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then they're still getting a variety of responses and they're learning from people with different personalities, different, you know, spiritual rhythms and things. Mm -hmm. But it's real and it's something that they can take hold of and it's not just a kind of pat answer that, like, that they might find online or from someone they're yeah. not really connected with. So there's something very, like, special and unique about exploring faith in that context, in, mm. in that regard. Yeah, that's so good in, in, in relationship with, like, yeah. with real people. Yeah. It's another thing I feel like I've read over the last year or so is how much young people who you might expect to be really digitally connected and really good with technology have actually really struggled with yep. things like church online and have actually maybe found it even harder than some older people yep. have um, and says something about what they're looking for doesn't it in mm -hmm. terms of relationship and, and authentic yep. yeah people in sure. out their faith yeah so what do you what do you think in terms of the the season we're in and that might be you know this this kind of COVID season as we keep calling it yeah. but also the generation you know the, the mm. context that young people find themselves in today what do you think are some of the challenges and opportunities that we're seeing at the moment yeah I think about myself and where I'm at and I think I'm seeing this in others too that there's there are times when I find myself between generations like yeah. I see people who are are not like not necessarily holding on to the old way of doing things but they're in a comfortable rhythm they like the way that things work and it, to a certain extent it does work and then you've got young people who are kind of maybe pushing against that a little yeah. bit and I find myself often in the middle I can see the good things of both sides yeah. and and some of the struggles and challenges of both sides 
I think that there's a lot of people and particularly people who are leading in youth and young adult spaces who are in that kind of season as well of, mm. of see, being able to see both sides and wanting to kind of be the, the meeting point for those things. And I think that's really good because you can, they're, they're seeing the good and wanting to kind of join them together. And so I think if you're not one of those people, <laughs> praying for those people and supporting them in the ways that they are trying to kind of bridge the gap is really helpful. So I really appreciate people who in my church who are ready to listen and really hear when I say, hey, I think the young people would appreciate this or even to the young people sometimes, mm-hmm there are other people in the church who have different ideas and we can have a space where we you know bring them all to the table because that's something that I see a lot and was seeing sort of before COVID and I think that that I actually think that those roles and those people are going to be the ones that serve us really well going forward okay because they're wrestling with a level of uncertainty and kind of pulling things together from multiple sides Mm -hmm. that is where we're, we're all sort of in that space now where we've got kind of big chasm of uncertainty um how do we piece together what we know and put something together so that we can bridge the gap to what we don't know Mm. so i think that's something that i'm seeing i'm also seeing a lot of tiredness and exhaustion yeah you're not alone there i think we're all seeing that yeah so in school we get to term three and there's a bit of a phenomenon that happens where you know uh, interpersonal conflict can arise (laughs) just frustration it's hard because you're coming out of winter and all of that. And I feel like we're, we're in like a term three <laughs> season. Right. It's lasting longer than just the term. But yeah. coming out of that difficult season and maybe not quite at the end of, of this time of COVID where we've been mm. sort of hibernating in, in the dark, so to speak. And, and it does feel like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's lo- like it's wonderful outside today. And the last couple of weeks we've had some stretches of sunny weather and that can sometimes be all it takes to turn things mm-hmm. around. And I just, I don't have the answer, but I wonder, is that coming soon? I hope <laughs> so. But until we get there, yeah, so that's a challenge as well, some of the tiredness that's mm-hmm. happening. But I think that at the end of it, there will be lots of opportunity for collaboration, uh, for finding new ways. I hope that we take those opportunities too. I, I really feel strongly that we're not being called to go back to the way the church was mm-hmm. or the way that we were doing things before we hit this COVID season without at least kind of thinking about doing <laughs> yeah, something. Asking the question. Yeah, yeah, you might land back in the same place, mm-hmm. but if you've had the time to wrestle and work through, like, is this really where we, we need to be? Is this where God wants us to be? I think it's important to have those questions before we kind of set the next few years in stone coming mm-hmm. out of this season. So Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like God brings good out of, you know, difficult circumstances. Yeah. We know that. We know that from the scriptures. We know that from, you know, experience that even the difficult things. And so when you name tiredness and you're like, yeah, I think that's going to resonate. Everyone listening certainly resonates for me. And yet, is, is there some kind of gift in that? And I wonder, you use the word collaboration, like that idea of we're all feeling tired and we're feeling like this has been a really difficult season maybe that forces us or drives us to actually rely on other people and and they oh we can't do this on our own maybe even to rely on god more yeah you know to say this is this is really hard this season and actually we we need god's help which is always true but somehow that what we're experiencing points us to god yes Yeah. yeah and i think finding god in the in the community connecting with god through the way that we 
are working together as well. Like, of course, we need to be going straight to God. That's an important <laughs> thing of, of having that relationship. But when we are together, I think we see glimpses of how, like glimpses of the kingdom and how God really wants things to be when we're working well together. And we are engaging in that collaboration is another way that we can sort of strengthen ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. feels like more effort. Like yeah. I know I can't tell you how many times on a small scale I've had a task and have thought, I just need to solve this myself. Yeah, it'd just be easier to get it done myself. Yeah, but as soon as you reach out for help, it does become easier. And mm-hmm. it might it's a little bit of a like hill to get over sometimes, but yeah. I think that's an important thing for the for the future season. Yeah, and the other thing you said before is that's when sometimes new ideas can emerge. Yeah. Like you know, like if I just do it myself, it seems easier, but I'll just do it the way I've always done it. Yeah. If I ask someone to help me and we'll do it together, I'll actually learn something because they'll do it differently that's and, right. and between the two of us and whatever however many of us, yeah. Something new might emerge. That's right. Yeah. That's why the body, you know, works yeah. <laughs> together so well. Yeah, something like that in the Bible yeah. about the church being a body and it needing all the different parts. <laughs> I think I've read yeah. that somewhere too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are there any other kind of opportunities or kind of questions for the future that you're seeing or wrestling with at the moment? I wrote down (laughs) uh, what can we create. And I know that's come out of probably what we've said already, but um, it's not just a season for doing or talking or learning. I really feel that creativity will be one of our great strengths. Mm going forward and so what are we creating uh how can we tap into the spirit of god in that way like he because he's the you know the big creator yeah (laughs) he did a lot of creating and he's created us with that ability too again it takes that kind of teamwork and looking beyond ourselves sometimes but yeah what are we creating in this new kind of time this new world that we find ourselves in i definitely don't have the answer (laughs) And being early in the role, I think I'm still asking myself that question and the team, you know, as well. But, um, yeah, what can we create together is a big question for me. Mm. Yeah. I love that image of, you know, God God is not just a creator, but he's a creative God. Yeah. You know, he's so creative. We just look at, I don't know, the different colours of the flowers that he made <laughs> or all the different animals or all the different people, <laughs> the yeah. different types of people that he makes. You think God is so creative and, you, like you said, he's given us that ability to yeah. create. Yeah. So how do, how do we let challenges and wrestles and questions bring out the creativity yeah. within us yeah so i want to circle back to something you said at the beginning you yeah. talked about justice being a real passion of yours yeah. yeah so how are you seeing that kind of play out i don't know in the moment of the season that we're in as, as a community and as a world um, yeah again i find myself caught between maybe it's a very big generalization to say that it's a generational difference because i know that's not necessarily true but I think there are different understandings of justice around. Right. For me, it's it could be generational. It could also be... I have a lot of friends who are not Christian mm-hmm. and their idea of justice is different than the people who I am friends with or family with who are Christian. Mm-hmm. And even within our churches, we <laughs> have different ideas. And I'm finding myself asking some questions around where do I sit in these areas? How do I know that I'm not... You know, I have my own sense of what's right and wrong Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it lines up with what god says so it's a very big question and i think can cause tension and conflict when when our ideas around what's just and what's right don't align yeah it's, it's a tricky one but i think again it's this idea of exploring in safe places and being open to having you know a space to ask the question Mm -hmm. and to work through the answers together and to uh, encourage people to press into what 
is in the Bible. I think we think we know <laughs> what God has to say about justice. I certainly have been caught, you know, just feeling like I know what God wants for the world. And then, yeah, not realising how much I've been shaped or influenced by my generation, by media, by the things that I'm seeing. Yeah, getting back to the Bible um, and what God it teaches us about being just mm-hmm. in, in the scriptures. And guiding young people particularly, because I think they're really in a place of vulnerability in terms of the messages that we receive, particularly through the media at the moment, are so varied and so polarising. And so, yeah, if young people are in this vulnerable uh, position where they're being bombarded with lots of different messages... What I think is really important is for other people in the church to be walking alongside mm-hmm. them, exploring these questions together, discovering together, and even if they land maybe in different places, we've come on that journey, we've looked genuinely at what God has to say, and we're, we're strengthening our faith and our relationships with each other and with God through that journey. And I think we can be okay at the end of that, <laughs> hopefully, even yeah. if we find ourselves in a different position. But if we're not going to journey alongside each other, everyone's kind of out in the weeds and mm-hmm. on their own. And I think that that can be the tricky thing. Yeah. Particularly when you're trying to wrestle with my friends at school or my friends outside of the church are saying this mm-hmm. about, you know, social issues. And then the church is saying this and they feel really far apart, even mm-hmm. though maybe they're not actually that yeah. far apart. And I'm out here. Nobody can help me. I'm on my own trying to make these decisions. Yeah, I think that's the important thing is to be having those conversations together. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a, a such a great topic, uh, justice, because it is one that, is, like you say, it comes up in kind of society all the time, but actually it's core to God's character, yeah. um, although maybe God's justice comes in unexpected ways, like Jesus yeah. <laughs> being the example. So, yeah, how do we help our young people kind of wrestle with finding themselves in those different conversations yeah. and, yeah, hear Jesus speak into it? So, Mary, what would you really like to see, um, you know, if you look across Baptist churches in particular and, you know, our young people and our youth ministries, what would you love to see? I love, I would love to see just a genuinely welcoming, open community. And I think we're on the way. I don't think we're far, you know, <laughs> far away. But I think a lot about, you know, our leaders are really keen to open doors for people to find ways to help, you know, young people of all different walks of life and different situations to come in and I think our young people are doing that too but I just yeah I wonder how much further we can kind of push that and have you know young people really opening the door for each other and a really diverse community that is wide-ranging and can invite anyone along and they actually not just having the invitation but them actually coming and feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. and I look around and I see that that's increasing when I see that you know kids are coming to Easter camp and the, the demographic sort of changes all the time and we're seeing uh, different people come along and I love that and I know that that's God's vision too in, you know, when we're all together with God and with Jesus and with the Spirit, <laughs> we'll, we'll be people of all different walks of life mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I really hope we can start to see more and more in our churches, in our youth ministries, is that diverse, welcoming community. 
Fantastic, Mary. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and I know, as we've said, you're relatively new in the role, about a few months in, and then we've got Scott Berry who's just joined yep. us um, in the Next Gen team as well. And I'm sure you guys would be happy and love to connect with people. Absolutely. And, you know, people listening, either young people themselves, yep. who are saying, how do I get involved, or people, how do I get involved in youth ministry? Yeah, so you guys are both part of the team here at Baptist Churches, and we're keen to hear back from people listening to our podcast, you know, if they've got ideas or questions or stories. So yeah. thanks so much. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Movement today. If you enjoyed this show, then please take a second to give us five stars, tap subscribe, and tell a friend. We are available wherever you get your pods. Season two of Movement is hosted and produced by the team at Baptist Churches of SA. We'll be back next week with a sermon from today's guest.